Hi, this is Ella Di Sabatino. Hi, my name is Joy Hoover, and this is Compassionate, Compassionate Las, Las Vegas, Vegas the, the podcast. podcast. Welcome to Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. I'm your host, Will Rucker, and I am so excited for you to join us today. You are going to be so moved, so inspired, so happy to know these guests. On the show today, I have Ella and Joy from the Cupcake Girls. Thank you so much for having us. Um, I'm Joy Hoover, the founder and CEO of the Cupcake Girls, and we're really excited to be here. I am Elodie Sabatino, and I'm the executive director of Local for All, which is a project by the Cupcake Girls that we're going to talk about today. Awesome. Okay, so we're, getting, we're really getting a two-for-one here. <laughs> That's right. I love it. So, Joy, you probably hear this all the time because your name is Joy, but I just have to say your presence, even though we're virtual, it really does radiate joy. How did you get to that place in life? Well, thank you so much. I always say it's a hard name to live up to, but I do my best every day. I think, you know, I truly, truly believe that we are here on earth to create impact and to let our lives be an example and a reflection um, of kindness, of love and compassion, and that we, we should treat everyone with dignity. And so through my, I guess, belief, deep core belief in that, um, my goal every day is to show up and create impact as much as I possibly can with what I have to give. I love it. Absolutely love it. And how do you define compassion? I define compassion simply um, by, a, I guess, a, a covenant or a connection with someone else listening to their story and engaging with them as they share their experiences. Wow. I, I've not heard that definition before, but I think it really resonates. The covenant with someone else. I mean, how perfect a way to put it. Ella, what about you? How do you define compassion? You know, I think of it as a consciousness of others' needs um, and a willingness and want to um, participate in other people's lives and, and be a part of solving the needs of others. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it, too. And really, that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about compassion and helping others, mm -hmm. creating those relationships. And I think that the work that both of you are doing is so vital. And it speaks to your living out your definitions of compassion. So, Joy, Cupcake Girls, just tell us, what is it? Yeah, so we at the Cupcake Girls, we literally use the baked good, a cupcake, um, to provide holistic resources to people working in the adult industry and aftercare for people who have experienced sex trafficking. And we do that through a team of advocates who give their time. They go through a trauma-informed training to show up for individuals in our community that need resources. They can give mental health, uh, legal, financial, help with career transition, help with children, financial, education, I mean, you name it. 
um, but this all-encompassing kind of wraparound services for people in our community that are typically ostracized or marginalized um, due to their jobs or maybe their experiences or the different intersections that they're, they have in their lives. And we show up with no agenda simply to make sure that people have respect, resources, and ongoing relationships. Yeah, that's, that's important work. And the field that you're in definitely has a stigma. It definitely carries with it probably some incorrect ideas. People will assume some things that definitely are not true. Can you share a little bit about your entry point into this work and why it's so important to you? Yeah, so my husband and I have always really been passionate about marginalized communities. And so one of the big things that we've tried to do in our life is sit and listen to people's stories to understand them and to see how we can help and how we can show up. Um, and so we actually were in Vegas for vacation in 2009, heard, you know, you can't walk down the strip without seeing more about the adult industry and like just all that's happening here. And so we just started doing research on, how, you know, what is it like here? What, what are the different things the community faces? We started finding out there's around 100,000 people working in the adult industry throughout Las Vegas. Now, this was in 2009. Sex trafficking really wasn't even a concept discussed. Um, but what we started hearing um, from just as we did research is that there's very little resources available and simply no resources available with no agenda. Um, and so we literally sold everything we had in Michigan, packed our bags, three months later moved to Vegas and just started showing up for the adult community. My background is hair and makeup. Um, and so I would pack my hair and makeup bag, pack some cupcakes, and show up at strip clubs, drive out to brothels throughout Nevada, and go to anywhere really that folks that were working in the adult industry were so that I could just let them know, hey, you are important, you are respected, and if you need any resources, please reach out. Um, now, interestingly enough, when I said that, I didn't really have any resources, but I really wanted to help. And so when I would hand out my card, and I would get a phone call, like people were like, what do you have, you know? And they would call like, and it would be like, oh, I have a dental abscess in my mouth. I haven't seen a dentist in seven years. Or I, you know, my boyfriend just threw me down the stairs and I didn't know how else to call. I mean, it was like really intense things. And in the, initially it was literally my husband driving me to like take care, stop at someone's house and he changed the locks and we helped to get her and the baby she was carrying safe or like the dental was just me calling 20 dentists in Las Vegas to say who can help this person in our community. And what I started seeing is that when we have marginalized communities who are in their stigma around their jobs, they're further pushed to the fringes of society and therefore they they're and a small issue can turn into a major one like a dental abscess that you can't see a dentist for seven years you imagine what type of toll that takes on someone's physical emotional mental self um not to mention if you know people are are taking advantage of of others um through abuse neglect that type of stuff and so that those are the stories we started hearing and for us it was okay, well, we need to invite the community to join us. And that's simply what we did by just inviting people in. And now we have over 300 community partners here in Las Vegas that provide medical, dental, legal, mental health services, which is our top. Um, we gave over between all of our partners 
last year over $1.1 million in services to uh, almost 700 people that were part of our intensive case management program and our outreach and referral programs. Um, I, I am bursting with questions <laughs> beyond what I, I even really knew about what you're doing. So you mentioned a couple of things. Yeah. And big one that stands out for me is you mentioned more than once with no agenda. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so huge. A lot of people are looking for help, but because that help often comes with stipulations and strings, right. they don't get the help that they need. And the other thing that you mentioned is being from Michigan. I happen to have a, a fondness because that's where I'm from too. So. Love it. <laughs> um, and I, I also came on vacation one day and was like, you know what? I'm just going to live here. I think I was six oh years old. Yeah. So, um, but, but back to, you, to your work that you're doing. When you walk down the street, and I'm sure you saw the, the little cars and they're banging the cars, you know, making the noises, and they, they literally litter the streets. Mm -hmm. What did you feel in your heart at that moment? I think I felt, I mean, I felt a little bit of confusion as to like, this is like, this level of understanding of pushing, like what's the reason behind pushing this industry so much within on the strip with card flickers, that kind of thing. And is this the, like, is this the best way to, to treat people, I guess. Um, and what I found was the more I looked into it is that there's a lot of businesses surrounding this industry that don't have people who work in the industry's best interests in mind. Um, and so I think, I think that's important. I think when something throws us off or when jars us or makes us even feel like uncomfortable, I think a really good way to go deeper into that is to research and try to understand the why behind it and understand maybe who's affected from it and see how you can help. Because I think it's easy for us as um I don't know. I, we're kind of like, we all want to help. We all want to kind of fix stuff. Or a lot of us in the community were fixers, but understanding the real issues behind people's needs is really important to show true compassion and to show love without agenda, in my opinion. No, I, I absolutely agree. It's, it's that really what you're talking about is systems thinking, recognizing that what you're seeing is tied to other things, which are tied to other things that are all interconnected. And I'm a huge, huge advocate for systems thinking. Mm -hmm. we, we have to process all the different pieces and be able to recognize the impact that we can have personally and how that ripples. You've probably heard of the butterfly effect, how you know yeah. that one little wing makes a big difference. And what you did was you started an organization, didn't necessarily have everything lined up, <laughs> didn't necessarily know how you were going to do it. You just had something in your heart that says this needs to be done. And you built the, the, the plane as you were flying it. And I think that can Still be an encouragement to a <laughs> lot of people to know you don't have to have it all together to yeah. get started. It's taking that first step. My, my next question for you is, is this. What you're dealing with is intense, and you mental, mentioned the mental health aspects that you provide to the, the clients you serve. What are you doing for your own mental health? How are you being compassionate to yourself? That's a great question. Um, and I literally just got off another podcast talking about that specifically because I think we, have, we all, we, you can have the best intentions to do good, 
But if those intentions are not met with holistic, we call it holistic balance, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, financial balance in your life, you're not going to be effective or even available for the long haul. And honestly, I I will be honest and say, I learned that the long, really the hard way. Um, I ended up in the first three years of Cupcake Girls working around the clock nonstop. And every January, I ended up landing in the hospital because of heart palpitations or something related to stress. Mm. And so I learned that if my passion was going to continue and I wasn't going to be jaded or sick or, you know, all the things, um, I have a responsibility to listen to my body and take care of myself. Um, and so I've been seeing a therapist for for the last eight and a half years, the same one, my husband, and I literally, it's on our calendar, never moves regardless of how busy I get. Um, and I have different practices, both morning and evening, um, that really help me go back to like breathe, talk it out. Okay. And then be my best self to show up. Um, so it's a, I feel like it's a long journey to get to the point of per, personal mental health or holistic balance, but it's something we at the Cupcake Girls are really passionate about keeping each other accountable for and encouraging each other when people are better at than others. My staff tries to make, keep me good, better at it, or <laughs> Ella would probably say yes to that. We're all improving at small paces. <laughs> That's right. Bit yep. by bit, step by step. You mentioned yeah. the practices that you do in the morning and evening. Breathe, and then what came after that? Oh, just literally in the morning, I'll take my husband and I just do like coffee on the step, and we'll do like either a meditation or just a what's on your brain that you need to get out or what's going on today that you need support with. So we kind of just talk it out to each other. Meditation and just conversation with people that we love. Um, and then I have like a nightly routine of kind of like, showering or we have this blow up hot tub that is like the best purchase we made in 2020 for $200. And it's almost like a ritual of like washing everything off the night, like the night before getting into bed fresh to start the next day. I love that. I think that's such an important just way to process it mentally. I'm washing off the day. I'm washing off the stresses. When I leave this tub, I am leaving all of that behind. Mm -hmm. Plus, of course, being in the hot water doesn't hurt either. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) Now, Ella, you're holding her accountable to this? (laughs) Not her personal things, but at work, for sure. We hold each other accountable um, as a staff and as a team. It's really an awesome environment. Good, good. The environment makes a huge difference. And as you mentioned, you have to take care of yourself in order to be effective and available. Mm-hmm. And both of you are clearly effective and available and have so much to share. Ella, tell me a little bit about your offshoot from this. Yeah. So, so as Joy said, the Cupcake Curls have been around for almost 10 years. And um, from her story, you can hear how much we've grown. Um, and just how big the Cupcake Girls is getting. And, and um, what we need right now, as any nonprofit needs, is more funding, a bigger space, and uh, just community support. We want people to know who we are and what we're doing. Um, so a couple of years ago, Joy and her team, before I was actually on board, um, started thinking about creating a holistic resource center. And um, over that time this concept built of if we're going to build a resource center where these these resources and um, partnerships can grow out of, 
because our tiny little 1,000 square foot office on Valley View and Sirius is just not quite big enough for what we're doing at this point. Um, then why don't we also think about how we can fund our resource center and fund our programs at the same time? And over time, this concept grew into Local for All. So Local for All is a 7,600 square foot building that we have actually purchased with the help of an investor on Casino Center and Charleston. So right on Charleston Boulevard, right in the Arts District. <laughs> Thank you. And this building is really unique because there's a wall right down the middle. So that building is going to be our holistic resource center. It will house the offices of the Cupcake Girls, a lot of our partners. It will house um, a program we're calling Wellness for All inside of that, which will have a yoga studio and wellness programs, both for our clients as well as the community. And it will be a space for healing, for um, relationship building, and for our clients to feel that they can come into a safe and inclusive space where they can receive the resources that the Cupcake Girls offers. The other half of that building is actually gonna be a social enterprise. It's a social impact food hall made up of six different food vendors. Um, and inside of that space, 10% of all sales will go back to the Cupcake Girls as well as the, the rents from those vendors as well. So we will have a Cupcake Girls cupcake shop inside, which we're super excited about because we have um, an amazing team of bakers who already bake about 80 dozen cupcakes a month that we bring out and use as reach and use as outreach. Um, and then we will sell our cupcakes as well as other baked goods, which will also help fund our resource center and our programs. So it's a really big project that we're working on um, and we are in the middle of fundraising for it and growing um, the community around this project, but we're super excited to be launching it and to be working on this project um, as we go. Mm -hmm. Collaboration is so vital to success. Mm -hmm. So I love that you're creating a center. Well, first of all, the name Local for All, like that's perfect. <laughs> but you're creating a space where you're really, you're creating an ecosystem in a sense mm -hmm. where, where one hand is helping the other. And then all with cupcakes. Who doesn't want a cupcake? <laughs> right, <And> exactly. <laughs> good. Yeah. So that, that helps to lighten kind of someone's day when they, they hear it. But the, the work that you're doing really is very serious. Mm -hmm. And Joy, you mentioned when you came, you didn't necessarily understand the reach of the adult industry. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things people may be surprised to find out? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think in Las Vegas, we know the adult industry exists, right? But, you know, what I learned is some people in, that live here don't even know that we have legal brothels all throughout Nevada where people come in in our city and then in other cities and work in them. Um, maybe people don't know that a lot of, like there's porn studios and different things that move from LA here. So this industry is huge. And the reality is there's very little to no um, least stipulations around the industry or regulations. So people that are getting into it, sometimes they're getting into it without information to fully understand what their yes means and what does it mean for their future. Um, you know, we've met, I, you know, early on, in fact, I met a woman who was in early childhood development and she was working through college on the back end of like video shoots on different porn sets. And then they were like, oh, you should be in this shoot. 
And she was like, okay, like she just did it and not really thinking of it and realized that now she can literally never work in her field in early childhood education because of that decision. And so for us at the Cupcake Girls, what us, what being a non-judgmental, non-driven organization means for us is that we want everyone who makes choices to know that, to know what they're getting into, that to have agency over their decisions and to make sure that they're having consent in every experiencing experience they're having. Um, what we know is that our clients fall into three categories. One, they're in the adult industry, they're choosing it, they want to be there. Two, they're in the adult industry to survive. And if they felt if they had another choice, maybe they're trying to take care of kids or we've heard of, you know, individuals taking care of a mom with brain cancer, trying to like get an operation. I mean, you name it, we've heard it. Um, and then we know that there's a third genre of people that are trafficked and don't know, you know, are not choosing to be there and sometimes don't even know they're being trafficked. That's wow. a very, very common thing we see. We have clients who've seen, you know, the back of a restroom door that says, if you're being trafficked, call this number at the airport. And they have thought to themselves, oh my gosh, that's that poor young woman. And thinking the, the taken version of trafficking, not realizing that they are literally in a trafficking situation with a person who's taking full advantage of them and their four friends. And, but he's telling them he's their family. He's building a business with them. They have spiritual practice together. I mean, this is a reality in people in our communities lives. And so trafficking is nuanced and we really want as a community to fight the stigma around sex work so that people are not further marginalized and ostracized so that they are more susceptible to a trafficker. Um, so and then we want adult work because you make the distinction between someone that is, is choosing choosing to work yes. versus someone that is being trafficked. Yes. And that person that's being trafficked may feel or think it's, it's their choice, but it's not. Mm -hmm. But I want to want to focus in on those that it is their choice. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts around the legality of that? Should that be a legitimized industry? Just just what are your thoughts? Yeah. So as an organization, we've you know we don't take a stance on the industry because we are so focused on the people in the industry that we're serving. And for some of our clients, they've had good experiences. It's helped them get out of abusive situations or it's helped them get out of situations or it's helped them get to the goals they have in their life. For others, it's not at all a good situation. It's a nightmare for them. And so we decided early on in the Cupcake Girls that we are non-political and non-religious, meaning we're not gonna take a stance on those belief practices outside of this is a human being who it deserves to be treated with respect and dignity and who deserves resources. So really it's, it's a human based issue um, for us and we try to keep it that way. Yeah, I, I think I, I applaud that approach. I mean, I really, really do. It's, it's certainly not an easy approach to take because you're always being pulled. Mm -hmm. And it, it is important to have a position, certainly, but it's more important to have principles and you have principles. So I really, truly applaud that. Um, Ella, yeah. you have a, a lot of partners what training or resources do you provide partners that help them to understand your philosophy as an organization and then also to better understand the people that they're serving? 
Yeah, we make sure that we vet all of our partners. We have a lot of organizations, individuals, businesses who reach out and say, I want to help your clients. I want to provide some sort of, you know, whether it is financial or I'm a doctor, I'm a this. We have a very specific set of values um, and we make sure that our partners agree to those values and are living those values before we allow them to meet with our clients. Mm -hmm. um, some of our partners are religious or, or do have specific leanings if um, they're a partner, we just make sure that our clients understand and know who they're meeting with. And, you know, if we have a mental health partner, but they have a, a religious um, bent, choose whether or not they would see that person or they would see another mental health partner. Um, when it comes to our partners, we just make sure that we're on the same page, that they understand where we stand um, and that they treat our clients with the dignity we know that they deserve. Have you ever had any challenges where a partner passed your vetting process, but then you discovered they were in it with, with bad motives or intentions? And if so, how did you handle that? You want me to answer, Ella? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, We've definitely had partners that we do a trauma-informed training with all of our advocates. We also do a training, and actually we've started doing ongoing trainings um, with them so that, again, we're just reigniting this idea of we support, love, and provide resources with no agenda. And so we have had at times where it's like, you know, one of our clients comes and shares their experience and then that partner takes it upon themselves like, okay, that's a bad experience. You need to leave the industry or you need to do this. And, and so we've, you know, the good thing is that because of the trust that we've built with our clients, they have an advocate that's, that's the one that's connecting with the partners, always asking questions, like making phone calls to set up appointments. So they're, they're really one-on-one -on -one with their advocate. So when, like when that has happened, um, typically then the advocate sh can share with the, or sorry, the client can share with the advocate, um, this happened. And then we can go right to that client, that partner and say, Hey, like that you signed a document literally saying you're going to, uh, uh, you know, connect with these values and we can't have you having an agenda, um, which is not in the agenda of a client. Um, so do you, you know, are we the right fit for you? Or there's probably another, you know, there's, there's rescue groups that are there to try to pull people out of the industry. There's more political groups that are there to fight laws. That's not us. We are in the middle of that. And so we want to make sure that our clients are coming to us and not feeling like we're pulling them into doing anything that's not their choice and their personal agenda. That's important. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually a bit speechless with that one. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, it's, it's a, a interesting space to navigate because people view their intentions differently. So I come from a religious background and my, my heart was good as gold as I was trying to convert people to my religion. Right. And over the years, I discovered, you know, there are other religions mm -hmm. and they're okay too. Mm -hmm. And that, but that was, it was a, a hard process. And, and the struggle was, was very real to, to get out of that. And I still find myself going back and having to just 
be conscious of my choices that I don't fall back into those patterns because they were so deeply ingrained. So I, I see a number of ways that that could happen, but I, I really appreciate your approach to, to the fidelity of your program is really what you're saying. Thank you. And I'm with you. That's how I grew up too. Super conservative, evangelical, like, you know, the goal was you got to get souls saved. That's the number one goal. Um, the problem with that is that one, like you said, people have belief systems. And a lot of the times with our clients, they're already in their own personal hell. Like they're, they're not worried about going to actual hell if that even exists. They're in a time of crisis where they need people to show up for them immediately. Prayer cannot pay someone's bill when they're being evicted the next day. You know, and so anyway, we could probably, that could be a whole nother podcast, but. <laughs> but you're absolutely uh, right. And it's thoughts and prayers is kind of a cliche now, mm-hmm. but, but that's the thing with compassion that I try to, to share with people. It's, it's nice to, to have sympathy and to, to notice someone's suffering, but compassion is having that desire to actually do something. So mm-hmm. I appreciate the prayers and I welcome all prayers. Yeah. I appreciate the, the positive thoughts. I welcome it, but I also welcome the dollar bill too so you know if you want to do something give me a dollar uh, or hundred you know or more that's fine too but no I, I just really want people to understand compassion is something that is is active and yeah. I think you demonstrate that with the way you approach your organization and that really goes with our um our motto for the year 2020 as an organization was action over awareness mm-hmm. and as an organization we believe that awareness is so important to getting the community and the world involved in an issue, but without action, it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. So for us as an organization, right I'm, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to pause Please. you. Action uh-huh. over, say it again. Awareness. Action over awareness. Can we do like a hashtag or something with that? We got Absolutely. it. We have it. <laughs> We're literally in the middle of our largest campaign called Change Takes Action. And that's exactly what Ella said, because let's be honest, on both sides of the spectrum, whether it's, you know, more of the rescue conservative side or with thoughts and prayers or the, or the progressive side of hashtags and, you know, having politically correct words and doing all this stuff, but the action behind the hashtag, the action behind the thoughts and prayers, you know, we can be as woke as we can, but if we aren't showing up for people in the communities that need us, not need us, I guess, need us to show up though. It's, it's our job as community members to, to see our fellow community members and to do what we can to help and to lift up another person. Joy, don't discount that. They do need you. We all need each other. And I'm sure in your work, you've, you've come to need these girls as much as they need you in a sense, because the, the, I always tell people, the more love you give, the more love you have. Mm-hmm. And so we need each other. And I, I, I wouldn't discount that at all because it's, it's absolutely true. Yeah, you're so right. I, I like to try to m- monitor my words, making sure that it doesn't seem like we're rescuing or that we're, you know, we're better than someone. So we're lifting up. We talk, we use a lot, a, a kind of a, a statement that we're linking arms. And so we talk about that over the last 10 years, I'm, absolutely a better mom, a better community member, a better leader, a better wife because of the clients that we have come and shown their courage, shown their tenacity. Like we learn so much from them. 
And honestly, too, even their hope in humanity and in better when they've experienced so much turmoil. It is one of the most inspiring things. And that's why I always say, like, it leading the Cupcake Girls is one of the greatest honors of my life. And I am absolutely a better person because I get to do it. And when we keep that at the forefront of all of our staff, all of our volunteers, that we show up every day for our clients and we show up to give what we can so that in return, our world's better and we're creating impact. We will see change. And we have so much over the last 10 years. Yeah. Wonderful. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. What are you most proud of? Mm. I get that. I feel like I get this question a lot. And honestly, I think I'm most proud of not quitting. I think um, if I was going to end the podcast right there. That yeah. would be the perfect way to do it. Not uh, quitting. I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I mean, this this work is in. There's not even a word to t say how hard it is. Like it is so hard, and the depth of pain that you see and then have to keep showing up for while trying to like lead other people and talk other people into helping people. You know, to raise money to engage other people to be a mom to be like all of that is like it's a constant juggle for all of us and every day my goal is to wake up and give my best and know that my best is good enough it's I'm not I can't change everything but I can change something today and I'm just yeah I'm proud I mean I this even this local for all project you know a a nonprofit of our size should not be opening a $3 million project right now, but who, if not us, then who? And so we have fought through, you know, getting bought out of buildings five times and, you know, all of the people like that have said, you're not going to do this or not believed in it or, you know, the list goes on. Honestly, we got keys in hand December 17th of 2019 did a, did a groundbreaking on the top of the building with the city hall and the mayor's office and congresswoman. And then the pandemic was called two days after that. <laughs> and just to get to that was three years. So I'm like, really? Are you serious? Um, but I mean, it's like, you just, I try to tell myself I didn't sign up for this. And then I realized I actually kind of did sign up for this. I just didn't really know what I was signing up for. And so then it's just like radical acceptance of your, like what, where you're at, except like, okay to be upset. And then you move on and you keep showing up and you keep trying hard things and you know that your tenacity, eventually it will happen. And that's such an inspiration for all of us because I can't tell you how many projects I've started, right? But it's, it's the ones I didn't quit on mm -hmm. that really matter. And it, I, I just think people need to hear that it, it, it may look like it's glamorous. It may look like you just have all of the success, but there are hardships all along the way. Mm -hmm. And the bigger you get, the harder it gets in a lot of ways. For sure. So, you know, you're doing fantastic. So thank you for your transparency in that as well. Ella, what about you? What are you most proud of? I think I'm most proud of saying yes to this opportunity. I met Joy a year and a half ago and we sat for coffee and I explained kind of some of my passions around building um, new financial opportunities for nonprofits. And she explained this kind of idea of what Local for All could be and, and um, 
at the end of our conversation said that they were hiring a director for this project that they were working on. And it's like, ah, I'm not really looking for a job. And then I, I went home and I talked to my husband and I looked at the job description and it was, it was just exactly what I was passionate about. It was exactly what I wanted to do. And so saying yes a year and a half ago and then getting to the place where we are now, where we have a building, we have keys, we have architectural drops, um, we have vendors signed on, we have partners who are planning to move into our space. Um, I'm, I'm just really proud of that original decision to, to say yes and say, you know, this is a totally new thing. I've never opened one business, never mind six, but we can do it because we have the passion and because we know that this is something that the community needs. It goes back to the earlier point of if not me, who, if not now, yeah. when? Oh, exactly. So brilliant. <laughs> and that saying yes, there's so much power in the yes. And when you say yes, you're ultimately saying no to a ton of other things. So yeah, for sure. you know, knowing that decision chain, as you mentioned, uh, <laughs> kind of how they get involved in the industry, a lot of times they, they say yes. But in your instance, you said yes to something that has turned out to be positive, that is changing lives. And that can be a model, not just here in Las Vegas, but across yes. the, the nation and the world. Because this that is, is the plan. So. Yeah, the goal for Local for All, we have um, clients in more than 22 states right now that we serve. Um, the goal for Local for All is that we would have a Local for All in every city where we have clients. Um, that the Cupcake Girls and Local for All would expand together throughout the country showing um, the community how they can support marginalized people, um, but also showing um, the community, this specific community that we care about them and that we know that this is a place that they need, a safe, inclusive space, not just here in Las Vegas, but in every city. That's a big vision and <laughs> you're gonna do it. I already see We it. sure are. <laughs> Absolutely do it. So I, I want to end the podcast with this question. And it's something I ask every guest, but it's it for me is really the point of why I do this. And it's to share what you're doing with the world to amplify this message of hope and let people know that compassion is real, active, and transforming the world. I don't think compassion is a luxury. I think it's a necessity. Absolutely. And so how are you embodying compassion in Las Vegas? And Ella, if you would start. <laughs> okay. You know, I think that a lot, of, a lot of how I think about it is through my work. Um, and I know that it's not just through my work, how I convey compassion as a person and as an individual, but creating a physical space and a virtual space in which compassion can be at the forefront Something that we've been talking about with Local for All is building a community of compassion and doing this not only in this physical space, but also at, right now virtually, um, but creating opportunities for people to share, to explore, and to understand one another. And I think through this work that is so important, but also in my personal life, just being able to be a person who is open to listening, is open to hearing, um, and is open to sharing in a, in a compassionate way. And it's something that I'm always working on and it's something that I think we all need to be working on, but, um, but it is something that I think is just so incredibly important now and, and always. Wonderful. And anything else you'd like to share before we hear from Joy? 
Um, I, I mean, I just think that we're really excited to work with Compassionate Las Vegas as Local for All. This is going to be a physical space where, you know, at some point we actually would love to have inside of this building a podcast studio where really amazing organizations and groups can record out of. We wanna have meeting spaces for the community to come together. We wanna have open town halls and, and bring in various different groups and communities to have conversations, difficult conversations and real conversations around compassion, around diversity, around inclusion, and just creating a space in which Las Vegas as a community can come together around those topics. Love it. Joy, how are you embodying compassion in Las Vegas? I think compassion starts with generosity or, or like combines with generosity. And for me, so that for me, it's trying to be generous with smiles and looking people in the eyes. It's generous with tipping the people, the servers, you know, or, or coffee people or whatever, like people seeing people and valuing them with my time, my heart, my money um, is super important to me. And we, my, myself, my husband, our daughters, as a practice, try to do something that creates impact or makes someone feel cared for um, on a daily basis. And again, as we talked about, also, it's having compassion with myself. And that's been something I've learned a lot over the years of not breeding shame in myself or not beating myself up over things, but also showing up for myself to say, no, you did good. And you kept showing up good job, like speaking well about myself, speaking well to myself and hoping that I can teach my kids, um, my daughters to do that too. You're passing it on through your children, which is beautiful. And generosity is, is a key. What you sparked for me in that moment, and, and I promise, I'm also a preacher, so we get three close. <laughs> but what really sparked for me is what type of society do we have when this industry exists in the way that it does? where trafficking is more common than anyone would dare think. Mm -hmm. What kind of world have we created and allowed to exist that goes to our hiring practices and the wages we pay and the list goes on and on. But that generosity, generosity financially, but of spirit as well, of mm -hmm. time, of your essence, I think is what is going to transform the world where I want you to be out of business yeah, I really, really do. I want you to go out of business um, because there's no longer the need. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when compassion takes over. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day as well. Joy, how do people connect with you? What can they offer to support you? We at the Cupcake Girls are literally run by volunteers, people that give of their time, their money, their uh, resources and partnerships and skills. Um, like even meeting Ella, like she mentioned, like when, when we hired a director back then, it was for like 20 hours and about $20,000. And so it's been beautiful to see how people come to say yes to things that maybe they're making sacrifices to do that. But you will be amazed someday when you connect with our team in person and you see the amount of compassion and love and sacrifice and tenacity both here in Las Vegas, our branch in Portland and around the world, 
Um, if you are looking for a community to belong in where your skills will be valued and loved, where you will be seen fully for everything that you are and that you're also going to be, we're going to kick your ass a little bit to like be your full potential and like, you know, step out of your comfort zone, whether that be fundraising with us or doing something, whatever we do hard things at cupcake girls. Um, we'd love to have you join us. We, uh, you know, this project is so much bigger than us. And that's kind of the beauty of it. We've already had, like last year, we had over 5,000 people donate to the Cupcake Girls for Local for All and for our everyday. This year, we'll probably hopefully have double that. And so, you know, every dollar, every hour, every skill set, and every human is valued at the Cupcake Girls. And we would love for you to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook at, at the Cupcake Girls or Cupcake Girls Org, I think is our Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, the CupcakeGirls.org is our website. You can find our local for all project in there as well as and the our Instagram and Facebook is local for all. So pretty easy to find. Um, but yes, we we're here to create impact. And like Ella said, we talk about we're building a movement of compassion and everyone is welcome. Well, we will leave it there. Ella, Joy, I am so grateful to have encountered you and to have this opportunity just to hear about how you are making an impact right here in Las Vegas that is rippling out across the nation and the world. As you mentioned earlier, action over awareness. Wow, that's such a, a huge, huge nugget that we can take away. This has been Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. We'll see you the same time, same space next week. And I think what's different about this moment is that there are those who are saying red is green. Grappling with the fine line between perspective and truth is, is difficult. And yet, I think we do need to acknowledge that there are universal truths, and yet our experience of those truths may be different. 